Welcome to In the Clubhouse, a podcast dedicated to Washington Nationals and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Richard. In this episode, I sit down with the president of the sports equipment company, What the Pros Wear, Mike, to discuss the evolution of and how technology is improving baseball equipment. So, let's go in the clubhouse. Welcome, Mike, to In the Clubhouse. Happy to have you on the podcast today. Thanks. Nice to be here. Um, so let's jump right into it. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your company. Yeah, uh, thank you for asking. I, my name is Mike Carroza. I'm the founding editor of What Pros Wear. It's uh, a website and an app that focuses on what the pros wear. It's pretty uh, self-explanatory. We you know, uh, we started it in 20, I, I started it out of my kitchen in 2012. Uh, I'd always been thinking about the idea of, you know, what guys wear on the field. I, I wanted Griffey's glove. I wanted his style. And uh, I knew a lot of my teammates were felt the same way. So one day uh, I just had tired of like thinking about and why it hasn't happened. I just did it myself and started putting out um, articles on, you know, what Evan Longoria and Derek Jeter and, um, Dustin Pedroia, uh, just the, some of Ichiro Suzuki, some of the, some of the swaggiest guys out there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just a community grew out of it. And so I've been doing it now, uh, full time since 2015. That's awesome. I love entrepreneur, uh, spirit and like these really great success stories. So, Kudos to you on uh, doing that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, so for our listeners that might be new to like baseball gloves, and I want to kind of like focus our conversation today around that. Um, yeah. Can you, can you like briefly tell us the differences between like an outfield, an infield, a first baseman and a catcher mitt? And why does yeah. it matter to the glo- that the gloves are in different shapes? Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a good question. Not one that I get often, but we we have been putting up these posts recently of you know what the best patterns are for each position, and and they're all very different. Um, you know, for I guess I can start with the pitcher since that's the first uh, numbered mm-hmm. position on the field. A pitcher needs to catch the ball that's hit at him, but more importantly, he needs to protect the the pitch uh, selection. So. Uh, pitchers and hitters have been locked in a very, very um, suspicious competition. Uh, oh, oh, I, I think it's pretty obvious, you know, in the last couple of years and mm-hmm. with the Astros, especially how important pitch selection and knowing what's coming it can be. Um, I can remember I, I asked a question to Chris Archer one time about that exact thing about how you how do you protect your um, your pitch that you're going to throw and not give it away to the hitter. And he was so, he was like offended by that, uh, question. Uh, he did not want to talk about it. And, and I, I respect it, you know, like they don't, there, there is so much at stake. Uh, if they tip their pitches, 
that they can't, you know, it's just not an option. They'll, they'll be out of the league. So, you know, pitchers need to be able to, they'll have a closed web uh, most of the time because they don't want to show their pitch for a catcher. You need a really heavily padded uh, mitt that can um, catch the ball obviously, but not break your thumb. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's 101 mile an hour sinkers. That's, Every time I talk to catchers, I hear that all the time. Just yeah, you know, we're trying to catch, um, you know, hundred mile an hour sink, and and it's not easy. And you have to, they don't really know where it's going sometimes. So uh, you need a heavily padded glove. But you would, it's very common to see uh, catchers using uh, accessories that also protect their hands, like gloves. Uh, even guys use like a PVC pipe type of thing. It goes under their, their, their uh, glove and it's, it's to protect their thumb. Uh, but I'm sure people know what a, what a catcher's mitt looks like yeah. just by, you know, growing up in the game. But uh, first base, you need a big glove to catch the, you know, a short hop, uh, a high throw. You really just have to catch the ball that's thrown to you. Uh, that's the most important thing for a first baseman. So they'll have this big, wide scooping looking um claw it looks like for the infielders uh you know it's pretty similar for what they need uh they you know second base and shortstop especially are going to have your shallowest and smallest gloves they're going to be the gloves that actually prior as much as they prioritize catching the ball um they're almost on to the next step of getting the ball into their throwing hand out of the glove. That speed uh, with which they, they turn the double play, that's where they make their money. That's how they earn the gold glove. So mm-hmm. um, you're going to see a shallower pocket. Uh, Tulowitzki is, is a, an example of a guy who actually flattened his glove to the point that it was basically – just a, a stopper almost like it just blocked the ball, you know, like it, he, he, he told me one time when I got to interview him that his jo- his goal wasn't to catch the ball. His goal was to just knock it down, get to it so that he can get it over to his throwing hand as quickly as possible. Uh, third base similar, but with a little bit more of a, uh, you know, you have to think about, catching how hard the ball is being hit at you uh you have you they usually use a bigger glove they'll um they like they seem to like to flatten it too kind of like um like too low or it's almost like a hockey goalie trying to just make sure the ball doesn't go through Mm -hmm. in the outfield they'll have a long the longest and the, the 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 really the yeah the biggest gloves because they just have to find a way when they dive or are running full speed to keep that ball in the web. So the most important thing is uh, having a long, generous web that'll, that'll, that'll get to that ball when they're reaching for it. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff is really interesting. Um, I, I bet we could spend like hours just talking about one particular mitt. <laughs> um <laughs> Can you give us also like a brief history of like how baseball glove ha- gloves have changed over the years and also like how technology um, has influenced those changes and development? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say without knowing the exact years, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, in early baseball, there was a, a time where if you wore gloves, you were a sissy. <laughs> so in the 1800s, you know, there was a, there was a stigma about a guy who would wear a glove or, you know, but at that, but at some point after you, how many ground balls do you have to miss before you say, you know what, I, I need a glove. So there was a pioneering player who put a, a basically a mitten on or, or a, you know, a work glove and um, broke down that barrier. And I think early in the early history of baseball, they would wear two gloves um, on both, you know, the same glove on both hands. And it was basically like, you know, a standard small, you know, glove you'd wear out in the, in the snow or something. Um, then it would get, then it got a little bit more advanced uh, through, you know, into the sixties when they actually put a web in between the, um, the thumb and the, the, the index finger. That was a that was a groundbreaking glove. It was the Bill Doak model. I you I, I don't know the exact year, and honestly, it, it may have been in the '60s or late '50s. But um, it changed, you know, the 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 way that players caught the ball, and it it made fielding percentages go up by a lot. I'm sure the pitchers loved it. Um, it and then, you know, coming into it's, it's kind of basically the same now, um, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, I, I skipped a few steps there, yeah. but that, that, that web changed defense uh, in general and made everybody a lot better and made the games probably a lot smoother and a lot less choppy. I'm sure for, a, for the spectator, I can't even imagine trying to catch a ball um, without a web. It, it just wouldn't seem possible. But even to today, uh, they're still innovating. There's a new glove out. It's called the Rev One X from Rawlings, and uh, they've been doing making synthetic gloves for a while now. And this one seems like it's getting some usage in the MLB with Lindor and Trey Turner. Uh, so it seems like there it might be a, kind of a new a, a new chapter in in gloves. I mean, that's a great segue into, into my next question, um, you know, talking about innovation and using technology. Um, so maybe describe really quickly, like, what is a synthetic glove opposed to mm-hmm. a leather glove? Um, yeah. That would be a, you know, a good starting point. Yeah. Well, leather gloves are made from cows. Mm-hmm. Synthetic gloves are made from human materials. Um, I should also clarify that, Rawlings isn't the first company. Uh, maybe maybe they were, but uh, synthetic gloves have been in use uh, and definitely at the lower levels. And uh, partial materials in a glove are are synthetic in a lot of gloves. You you'll see guys, you know, if you're really paying attention, you'll see this mesh sometimes. Especially uh, pitchers like it. Gives them a little. It, it saves weight a little bit. Um, and also, a lot of infielders will use the Wilson super skin, which is basically like a basketball uh, material on oh. the back. So the, those, those, it's really all based on weight savings. Uh, I mean, obviously it has to perform, you know, f- from me as a industry kind of watcher and, and just a person who's an entrepreneur himself, you know, if you can make a glove out of cheaper materials, 
then you can increase your profit margin. So there's definitely a drive on that front. Like raw materials are expensive, like leather. Um, so I'm sure there's some push there from the business end for these companies, but it still has to perform and you see it at the highest levels. So mm-hmm. these synthetic gloves are pretty, pretty common uh, now with, with at least the backs of the gloves and really the bottom line performance uh, advantages is, is weight savings. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, um, I guess I grew up as like having only like a leather glove, right? Like that would make yeah. sense. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what? I'm sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, I, I own um, several gloves and they're all leather, but I do like the way some of those, those synthetic gloves look. And, you know, there's guys, I, I think of pitchers when I think of the synthetic glove um, because they have so little time to react that if you have even just a split second more to get your your hand up because instead of heavy heavier leather you had you know that basketball material or the the mesh if you just get a millimeter more everybody knows and whoever watches baseball you know the difference between a millimeter mm-hmm. and if you get a millimeter more on that ball because of the, the, the weight savings of the glove, then you might actually save your life. Uh, you might you know, turn a double play, you know, you, there's, there's benefits to that. So I, I, I see why players use it. Can you just like maybe give us a definition of like weight saving just a little bit for, for people that, like myself? Yeah, just that, it weighs less, you yeah. know, a, a glove that you might, you know, a piece of leather that might weigh one ounce, the same amount of material, or at least the, the same, um, you know, length or the same, the same area of material with synthetic will be lighter. Mm-hmm. And so if a glove is, you know, I'm just going to say a pound all leather, then it's, it could be 15 ounces with yeah. this. So, you know, it sounds like very little, but, I I have held them and and it does feel lighter. And if the player feels better, that's all that matters. And it's, you can ask any pro, any little leaguer, if it feels good, it's good. And if it doesn't feel good, it's bad. So. I figured that's what weight saving was, but I I just wanted to, I just wanted to clarify. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So um, kind of bringing it to the consumer side a little bit, um, you know, we go, you go to box, big box stores, um, you know, Walmart, um, Dick's Sporting Goods, um, you know, I'm old school sports authority models, you know, you know, just, <laughs> just to name a few. Um, yeah. yeah, like what should like consumers look for in buying the correct like baseball glove? Like what are some of the, you know, you know, must have? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would say it's important and it depends on the age of course um i'll go back to the feel thing it has to feel good so mm-hmm. you know as much as uh, we're an online thing and we we i you know definitely we make money by driving customers to these gloves and they're more premium gloves and they're probably more advanced uh players that are buying them but 
you want to have your kid or you, you know, you want to wear it. I, I mean, I, I've put on a glove, you know, many times and felt like, man, this is just not the glove for me. Uh, so I would say feel is going to be most important, but, uh, you know, also the, the ability of the kid to close the thing. Mm-hmm. Like if, you know, if, if you go out and get him a shiny new $300 glove or her and she can't close it, then that's not good. If, but if you go, you know, my first glove, I remember, well, I can remember two. The one that was given to me was my dad's. It was from 1969 and it had, uh, uh, who did it have on it? Uh, Dave Parker. Hmm. And it was basically like an old, flappy newspaper but the ball the ball closed in my glove you know so i learned how to catch Uh, and then the next glove i got i got for ten dollars at a flea market my uncle gave me ten dollars he told me go up and tell the the guy it's your birthday and uh and i got this ryan sandberg uh 10 inch leather glove that was broken in very well and and did me uh, did a really nice job for me in little league so you know, don't always think it's got to be the flashy new one. Get one that the kid can close. <laughs> and yeah, I would, I would go for, if it was me, I would go for leather or, you know, not the, not plastic uh, or nothing. You know, I would, I would err away from a synthetic glove, especially if at a lower level. What about if you're just like tossing the ball around with your, your kid in the backyard? What are, what are some good tips for those that <laughs> after it? For, for, for what glove they should get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say the same. I mean, look, look, go, go to the, I guess, I don't know if they even do flea markets anymore, but try to find one on Craigslist uh, that's broken in. That's Mm -hmm. just easy. Um, or I know Rawlings has, uh, something now that they, they call it a R2G series, which is like basically the factory breaks it in for you. Oh, um, so that's a nice, nice option and uh, i would imagine they probably have those in the in the dick sporting goods and you know the ones that are already broken in because it's just it's just easier when it's already you know <laughs> taken care of if you're just a casual player <laughs> yeah uh, that's that's what i would say and but ultimately have have a catch with your kid every day if you can and, and then it'll break in quick <laughs> talking about breaking in because that's a great segue to my last question um yeah I, I wanted to just maybe if you had any good like tips or that what's like the correct process to ba- break in a glove and um you know obviously playing using the glove is you know quite a bit you know a, a good way yeah. to break it in but you know what are some other tips that like uh you you suggest for those uh that need to have some extra you know care yeah. Yeah. Well, I would definitely say there's things you should not do. Okay. Uh, you should not put your glove in a microwave. You should not run your glove over with a car. Like <laughs> there's some really crazy stuff I, I, out there. I mean, I think we even, I think I even microwaved or put my glove in the stove or something. It, I, I've heard it, it can work. And I've heard like reputable people say to that you can do it but if you don't know how to do that that's not a good idea uh (laughs) (laughs) i i think the one one thing i would think of is if like you you wanted to break a glove in quick 
you know, maybe you're already going to the batting cage with your kid, um, you know, put a coin in and, and just catch the ball off the fastest batting cage and it'll, it'll bust that leather into shape. I mean, they have um, mallets that I, I see when I went to Japan, I, this past January, I went to Japan and went to the Mizuno pro factory mm-hmm. and uh, I got to see the, the, the real deal, what they do, you know, how they break in a glove. And I was watching this guy break Andrelton Simmons' glove in the uh, the shortstop for the Angels. Well, actually, he might not be Angels anymore, but he he was using the mallet, and it's like I think something you can get for ten bucks, and you basically just pound into the glove with this wooden mallet. I would say that's worth the the, the investment. Um, because you can, you really just need to break down the fibers of the leather in the web and kind of create a, a hinge, uh, where your, where your wrist is. You need to kind of break that part of the leather, uh, to, to create the closing mechanism. But yeah, I mean, bottom line, have a catch, you know, you, there's so many guys that just say, you just got to have a catch with it. I did. Um, I did watch that. <clears throat> excuse me. I did watch that video when you went to Japan. I'm actually going to put it up on my website so that people could watch it. It was really, really interesting. Um, Thank you. It must have been. It must have been a really interesting um, experience. And that uh, that that I did see the mallet that you're referring to, and it's it's really cool. So yeah, yeah, that's a good good one to watch. Not to drop a you know uh, give myself a plug, but definitely watching that guy. What he was doing is. Oh, got a call. Um, that was definitely an interesting, uh, wait, you know, he's the pro. So yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for watching it as well. Appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I was like glued to my, I was glued to my computer over dinner and my, my son kept on trying to like pop in. I was, he's like, what is this? And I'm like, I have honestly no idea, dude. So, (laughs) so he was into it as well. Yeah, and he's only he's good. only six, so, so he was into it for sure. Good, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was my goal. I was hoping any any baseball fan would enjoy it. So I hope to do more of those, and, and I'm I'm really happy you enjoyed it. Yes, thank you. So um, I do something on uh, my podcast to end the to end it, and it's called yep. lightning round. So these are five questions. Um, Simple answers don't need to go, you know, real deep into the answer. Just whatever pops into your mind um, at, at when you first hear the when you first hear the question. So, are you ready? Sure. Okay. And these are baseball related. I should preface that, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. I mean, this is a baseball podcast. Okay. Um, here, here we go. Favorite baseball movie? Mm, Field of Dreams. Nice. Good. Yeah. Favorite baseball team? The New York Yankees. Um, I'm sorry to the, the Nationals fans. The New York <laughs> Yankees. I'm, I'm born and raised in New York. I live in California now, but I haven't lost my, my allegiance. Okay, fair. That's, that's fair. As long as you're willing to stick by that. I'll... Yeah, I, well, I came up in the right time for the Yankees. That's for sure. I was, <laughs> uh, my, my first time getting into baseball was in 1996. Okay. It was a pretty, it was a good year for the Yankees. I'm around that. I'm around the same age. I grew up in New York and I rooted for the Mets. So I can understand growing yeah, up. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I started out, I think my first baseball game was a Mets game, but the Mets sucked. 
they sucked. That's true. I mean, 1994, they were so bad, and they were supposed to have uh, Bill Pulsifer and Jason Isringhausen and uh, I forget the other, the third guy, but they, they just didn't pan out. Isringhausen panned out, but the Mets did not. Not in those 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 mid nineties. Yeah, I like. I will always love Shea Stadium. Okay, moving. Oh moving, yeah, moving on, which is a great uh, uh, segue to my next question. Favorite baseball stadium. Favorite one I've been to is uh, AT and T Park in San Francisco. Oh, it's cool. now. I guess it's a, got a new name. I can't even keep up. But Pac Bell is what it originally was. Right on the water. Yeah. Views are incredible. Even if you have the top deck, you got a good seat because you get to look at the, you get to look out over the bay. That's fair. Okay, here we go. Wrigley or Fenway? Man, it's a great question. I'll say Fenway because I uh, I went to school in Boston and and actually my first my freshman year was '04. Tough year for a Yankee fan in Boston. That, that's yeah, that one probably was. Current uh, favorite baseball player to watch. Current favorite baseball player to watch. Wow, there's so many. I'll say Juan Soto. Nice, nice. Juan Soto, and not not even Homer. That, not even just the Homer call there. I mean, he's he is outstanding, and I don't think people even realize how good he is. Us national fans, we definitely do. Yeah, you better hold on to him. Don't let him go too. You better <laughs> hold on to him, man. That's that guy is going to be all time, all time great. Well, hopefully Mike Rizzo listens to the podcast. So Mike, <laughs> if you're listening, you have to sign him. Like, yeah, sign now. him now. Don't waste any time. Sign him as soon as possible. He's only going to get more expensive. I did write an article for my site of uh, making the case why the Nats should sign him like right now. So it's a good one. I'll forward it to you. Um, after. Yeah, give him give him the fifteen year deal, whatever. Like just lock him in because he's he's he's. As good as anybody, he's uh, he's clearly a great person. Like you can't really can't really beat that guy right now. He's he's fun, and he's also like he's got the swag too. Yeah. Well, Mike, I know that you have to run, but I wanted to just thank you again for taking the time to talk uh, gloves. We'll have to maybe do this again um, if you're ever in DC area um, after coronavirus. We have to go to a baseball game together. Love. To yeah, I haven't been to that stadium yet. Oh, well, then we have to go. We'll just, we'll, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a must, but thank you for taking the time. Um, where can people find you on like social media and like, you know, your website and all that other yeah. stuff? Yeah. Well, what pros wear, what pros at what pros wear. I'm pretty much through and through. I've got that, that name throughout any, all the channels. So at what pros one word or what pros And thanks for having me. Thanks Mike. Have a great day. Bye, Richard. Bye-bye. And this will do it for this episode of In the Clubhouse. If you like this episode, please make sure to like, review, and rate this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can follow us on all the major social media channels at The Nats Report.